Good evening, Miss Debbie, Miss Irene. Hello. You hear me, Debbie? Yes, I do. Okay, good. Can good. you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. Good evening, Irene. Okay. Good to see both of you again. So let's get started. As people are logging in, it's 7.01, so we'll get started right now. Uh, today's topic for exploration is decision-making. What is a decision? How decisions are made? What is the difficulty in that sometimes that comes about? Um, of course, there is um, quite a bit of research behind this also. Uh, there are many, many ways of trying to approach it. Um, it is not an easy thing to necessarily grasp what is a decision, although we have to make them all the time. So I'll make some initial comments on this right now, and then we'll get started in just a minute here. So uh, again, welcome to Angel Wing uh, Dialogues. Um, let's see here, but my entering here. Just, give me just a second here as people are logging in. Okay. So my, some initial comments on decision-making. I think if we look at our lives at any given point, we are faced with multitude of possibilities. You know, I can do this, or I can do this, or I can do this. There are many avenues. Given any situation we may be facing, there are a multitude of possibilities. And then there's also that famous poem about the road not taken, you know, that we have, you're at a split, a two-way split, maybe more. And uh, if you take one path, you are automatically excluding other paths. Right? So there are bigger questions here about where these decisions ultimately lead, what are the immediate goals in life, the short-term goals, long-term goals, ultimate goal. So along those lines, at any given point, there is something called decisional balance. You know, so we balance out many possibilities within us and then choose that, okay, I want to do this now, I want to take this path. So when we are asking the question of decision, what is a decision? Who is making the decision? What are the forces behind that? What is the um, confusion that comes about sometimes? We're not sure, hmm, maybe I should do this. This sounds right and this sounds right. Some, there's pros and cons. Let me make a pro and con, con balance sheet. Right? I think you have, you've certainly heard about that. You know, so this is very, very significant in our lives. This is not theory, although there's quite a bit of theory behind it. We are undoubtedly faced with so many decisions. Do I go and drink that alcohol or should I not? Should I go and cross the speed limit by 10, 15 miles or shouldn't I? Uh, good evening, uh, Mr. Pratap. Good evening, Ms. Lori. Ms. Good Patna. evening to everybody. Good evening, all of you. Yeah, nice to see everybody. Evening. As usual, yeah. Nice Hi. Hi. Very good, very good. So I'm just giving some introductory comments here just from, from my perspective on decision-making that we'll get into the dialogue in just a moment. So there's, there's also the energy behind decisions. So when Sachin just says that, okay, I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to take a particular path it could be it could be a very straightforward thing like going to a supermarket and buying groceries. That's pretty straightforward. But but sometimes decisions are much more complex and they are multifaceted. You know, so the level of complexity can be much more 
in the field of knowledge, in the field of our, our experience. And then, and then there can also, and then there's also the, the, the notion as we have stated before, Pratapji and many others have stated that there is a awakening of intelligence that greater power, greater wisdom, intelligence is guiding the decision-making process. So rather than saying Sachin is saying, I am making this decision, the decision is being guided by the higher knowledge, higher intelligence, by God, by the by, uh, by greater understanding, greater awareness, let's say. So that's another way to think about this. You know, so uh, I, let me just put this in, in another context. People who have gurus, teachers, you know, they consider them teachers or enlightened beings that they're following. They try to live their life according to the teachings of the various sages or saints or Jesus or the different apostles or, or whoever it is in the, in the many traditions to try to synchronize one's decision-making, one's way of living according to somebody else's approach or pattern for higher development. That is another approach that is taken. So many approaches are there. Uh, and uh, in our lives, in the dialogue today, this is a meditative dialogue. These are my initial comments on this. So you've heard some of the things which I've stated. Again, the question is, what is a decision? This is the basic question. I mean, if, if somebody was to ask me, Sachin, make a list of your decisions you made today, I can make a list of them. I can even make a list of the things I want to do tomorrow. That's fine. But if I, somebody was to ask me, what is a decision? Hmm, I have to think about it. What, what is that? I have to look at that and see. What is meant by a decision? Who is making the decision? And then at the same time, what are the ramifications uh, in our practical life. And then the bigger question is there, is it possible that decisions are guided by much greater wisdom? We've talked about wisdom before also. So all of these ideas connect together. Uh, these are my initial thoughts. Good to see all of you. We can uh, have our dialogue at this point. So and anyone wants to start, take your time. You don't have to say anything, but if you want to, it is completely up to you. And my suggestion would be not to think too much about it. See what's coming up right now. If you want to share, that'll be helpful for everybody. You know, So see what's happening right now in the moment. If you want to share, you don't have to. Okay, so we can all listen and carefully be attentive to each other's words. I did look up the meaning of decision. I cheated, but um, <laughs> I'm just thinking now, a decision is also a choice that we have to make in a situation or a choice we have to make, you know, for, for anything, for whatever we do next. Um, but choice wasn't in the definition. Hmm. And that kind of surprised me. It says a decision is a conclusion or a resolution after a consideration, or it's the action or process of deciding something or resolving a question. But I would also think it's a choice too. Yes. And I guess we're always, 
you know, we're, we make, like you say, um, a thousand decisions in a day. And sometimes it's just difficult to make a decision because you want it to be the best outcome and you don't, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a perfect outcome. So that's what's kind of scary. You make a decision to, to drive this way or drive that way. You know, sometimes you take 95 to drive down to Christiana. Sometimes you say, well, I'll take the back roads. And what if on that particular day, you have an accident? Because I had something similar years and years ago. I decided to go a certain pathway on the road and I had an accident. And I thought, oh gee, you know, right away you condemn yourself and you say, oh, if I'd only gone the other way. You know, so it's, you always wanna make a decision that works for you, but there's no guarantee. So that's just a few little thoughts I had. Yes, very good, definitely, yes. Good evening, good evening. See, uh, regarding this decision making, I always feel that we make the decision, uh, whenever we make a decision, that is the best decision at that point in time. So, you know, going back, probably we would have, uh, we think that we could have made a better, but uh, we think this is the best decision. So, maybe regretting actually makes it worse. Right, it does, it does, sure. So you have to keep thinking forward. Right. Yeah. So there's so many That's things true. in life I feel that I wish I had done, but at that point in time, that was the best decision. I thought I, I was making it, you know? Right. And in hindsight, we think of- uh, Right. <laughs> <laughs> that it is not the best and all, but I think that doesn't help us, basically. It doesn't help you. You have to try to keep peace with whatever decision you make, right? right? right. right. You know, as, as I'm listening to this, um, very powerful ideas, certainly. Shri Devi, thank you for sharing that. You know, the, the, there tends to be so much regret in life in general. I shouldn't have done this. Why did I do this? These decisions should have been. And then we waste a lot of time and energy. We beat ourselves up. So, so maybe that, that might be an intimation to truly be mindful of what we're doing in the present, because the present is going to become the past very quickly. In fact, every moment is just becoming the past. You know, we're actually just, it, it, the, the present is just, we saw, it's the present and then, and then that present moment becomes the past the next moment. So what we do now as I'm listening to both of you, Debbie and I'm just uh, uh, um, Debbie and Sri Devi. What's coming up in my mind is that yes, it's very powerful. Why should I regret the past? Maybe I can learn from the past. Okay, but I can learn from it. I can do something now that that is meaningful to me, and then maybe I should ask myself: Is what I'm doing now is that going to create regret later on? Mm -hmm. That's a question, right? I mean, that's a self question I can ask myself. Whatever action I'm taking now or is being taken now, 
if there's greater intelligence, there wouldn't be regret later on because it's guided by that 360 degree vision. So you have to have peace with your decision. I think that the, uh, it seems to me that the peace would come naturally with, with that decision. Mm -hmm. if, 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 if it's if, when the action is taken by the higher awakened intelligence and what that simply means is a broader vision with peace of mind, stability, one is not acting just because they want to do something. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily doing it. They're not suppressing or indulging. They're not doing something that is just impulsive in nature. You know, because, because the impulse is there. I want to do this, or I want to say this to somebody, or I want to, you know, I, I mean, whatever. It, it could be anything, right? Just because the impulse is pushing the individual to act, it doesn't mean that the individual necessarily acts. Then, uh, uh, Pratap, go ahead, please, and please unmute yourself. Uh, you, you're on mute. Pratap, you're on mute, so you have to unmute. Yeah, I, my approach is just to ask, first of all, that do I really make a choice as an individual? If I take myself as an individual, do I really make a choice? Because when somebody asks me, what would you have, coffee or tea? Then only that I that likes that is stored here in the memory, my dislikes and likes, that will answer, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm answering, answering from the mind, but I think I am answering. So I, if that's a very fundamental thing to see is that my answers will be always limited by my likes and dislikes and all those things, right? Now, in order to even make a decision, the choice, of the, the, the thoughts have to come, the thoughts. Do I ever choose my thoughts? Just like we said that the thoughts comes only from the conditioning that, that we are grown up with, from the childhood, our likes, dislikes, our value system, or this, or that. And then that becomes I. And then I take I, but it's underneath that I that I'm using, say, I am making a choice. It's not really I, it's a, we don't have the freedom from the mind at all. The mind dictates all our choice. And when the mind dictates all our choice, considering that as a me, makes us, our choice is so limited. And all of a sudden, all these choices are not really my choice, they are all handed over to me by the generations and my likes and dislikes. That is all here, right? It's not really a, a freedom from the mind so that the guidance that Sachin was talking about, this intelligence, higher intelligence, which is unlimited, the content of all the minds and the intelligence itself can pave the way if we can understand this limitation of the mind, which is our own making, we never choose. See, in the beginning, if I'm going to the, I'm driving the car and I see Dunkin' Donut, right? All of a sudden say, oh, let's have coffee. Did I choose that thought? If I choose the thought, if I can choose the thought, why wouldn't I always choose happy thoughts? or no thoughts. 
can I do that? I ask myself, can I do that if I can choose my thoughts to make a decision? Is it really possible for me to choose my thoughts? Or they just arrive at when my sense organs context the outside world and all of a sudden the thought arises. Only that arising thought that I consider as a decision making. But and then I can follow that thought and say, okay, let's go to this particular donkey donut place and have coffee. But that thought arose out of the all of a sudden from the mind. So that helps me a lot to understand that I really don't make any choice. I, I, I usurp my, my choices when the mind makes the choices. And it is always limited. What do you all think about that idea? Huh? Uh, Padma, you want to say something about this? Good evening, everyone. Yeah, I agree with uh, Mr. Pratapji what he said. I would like to add more on to that one. Whatever is happening in our life is a pre-planned one. Only thing we are not able to see it clearly, that's all. And the other thing is, whatever Debbie raised the question, I also went through that, that stage in my life. But once I started switching towards the positivity and then surrendering myself to the extreme, then whatever happened, I never regret. Maybe since I came on this road, even I met in the accident, I feel that God saved me, not from the severe one. Maybe something uh, more severe one going to happen, he just moved it like a soft one. Like That's what I believe and my belief is working there. Uh, I'm a believer in the God. That's why my answer is going to be in this way. Okay, thank very, you. Very good. Yes, thank you. Very good. Very interesting. So in listening to everyone, uh, uh, Miss Irene, we haven't heard from you yet this evening. If you want to say something. <laughs> uh, just been reflecting. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm with Debbie. Um, I feel that when you make a decision, because uh, we make decisions, I make decisions every day. And what I try to do is using my logical mind weigh what the best choice is going to be, what the best decision choice is going to be with given any any circumstance. And some decisions are pretty um, easy to come by. Uh, I just know what I have to do from a point of integrity in my heart. Uh, the others are just kind of almost, um, am I going to have uh, coffee with no cream today? You know, they're kind of remote, you know, I just do them, rope, you know, um, without even thinking. But the biggest, bigger decisions or big and bigger paths that I have to take, like take a job or take the other job or move or buy another house. Um, those are choices that you make after giving 
that's, those are choices that I make after giving considerate, uh, considerable consideration to what the outcome may be. And of course, you never know uh, because you may think it might be one way or the other. But I, I don't. I've, I've never had a problem making decisions. I've always made the decision fairly easily, and then whatever it turns out to be, it's. I just if it's not the way, if it turns out to be not the way that I thought it would be, I just learn from it and move on. And I grew up with a mom who unfortunately had a really hard time making decisions. Uh, and I never understood it. Uh, she couldn't make a decision. She agonized over every little thing, but I, I was different. I was, I went the other way. Yes. Thank, uh, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, Here, I would like to add one thing. This is Padma. Go ahead, please. Um, the way Irene talked about the choices, of course, every day, every minute, whatever we do, it's between the choice, this one or that one. But once you surrender and you go in the positive pathway, you always go for the best choice. Not only the best choice, your guts will tell you which one is right for you. Since you, your thoughts and everything are unselfish, they are not selfish anymore, then you will know the choice also. Clearly, you can see your path. That's what I noticed personally. Thank you. Yes. So I just want to present an idea here. I don't want to get, get too technical on this, but I'll just say it just very briefly. There is, there's something called the heuristics of decision-making. All that simply means is that there is a, there is a process in neurochemical, neurological, neuropsychological process that is within our brain, within our mind, based on experience, circumstance, situation that we go through to ultimately come to a decision. So this is called, the, there's heuristic models. That's what technically that's what it's called. But all that simply means is that, but decisions not made just like that. There, there are some very, very uh, powerful processes at play that will bring the individual to say, okay, go and do this. Okay, go and actually do this. It's a, it's a decision. The intellect is making a decision that this ought to be done. This should be done right now. Maybe not ought to be done, but I want to do this. So I'm going to do it. But there's, there's always a heuristic. There's always a, an, an internal set of uh, act, activities going on mentally, emotionally, neurologically that will bring one to the point where, okay, the decision is made to do something. Sure. It, it, right? So if you're following me on, on that point, then the question of awareness comes right here. The awareness of those Pre-decision processes is very interesting. And, that, and that's where we are mostly unaware of that because there's a force behind it. But if we are aware of the possibilities before a decision is made, then we may not, then we may not act so quickly. I think in, in many ways, one of the biggest problems in humanity, this is just my perspective, one of the biggest problems is that there is too much quick decision. 
that and because there's so much quick decision, there's that much regret later on. And then, or problem or difficulty that develops that one has to deal with maybe for long periods of time. Many examples, many thousands of examples. So rather than making decisions quickly, to be able to halt all of those pre-decision processes and become aware of them and just sit with them, that is something very, very powerful. I think that that's meaningful. And, and Pratap, I don't know what you think about this, but in, in Padma also, you know, you both have talked about it, but it seems to me that if we take a halt like that, we may, we, we may give that higher power, that higher wisdom to actually filter into our mind. Pratap, you want to say something about this? I, I don't know. Yeah, I would just say that if we can see our mind and the body as an instrument to make the decisions, by opening up to this greater intelligence, which is not only in this particular mind, but in lots of other minds also. So in relationship, if I just act as if I am the decision maker, then it may not be, uh, you know, because we are so much interconnected, it may not be appropriate for the other person that lives with me or, you know, Right, like for example, Putin for Russia, he he thinks that he makes all the decision, and all the decision he makes is just for first for him, and then for his country that he thinks, right? And and you can see that it's not uh, a beneficial to the rest of the world, right? So how do we make the decision that that really derives all this decision? for us from the greater source is to consider ourselves only as an instrument to speak out that decision. But the real decision is coming from that intelligence and that, that's the very important aspect, uh, the way I, I am living or I, I want to live. Because it's very easy to understand that, I mean, you know, that if I take the decision, then it will be always summed up the decision at the mind level, what, which are all in the relative world, functional and all that. That we can understand that you can make the best decision if you have to cook something, this or that. But when it comes to the psychological aspect, as I always say, then the decision will be always favoring me, 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 at the cost of others who are living with us also in relationship. So oh, the more we open up to the greater intelligence by knowing that what I am making decision is not really me that is making, it is the conditioning that I grew up with, which says that you have to look out for yourself. And that is, I see, problematic. Yeah, but let's let's question that. I mean, I mean the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Question. That's a very good idea. Yeah, let's, let's explore it. Question let, it. Let, let's question this notion that what's wrong with looking out for yourself? Because I I think most human beings, as they are, 
are definitely looking out for themselves. And uh, as, if you question that further, we are living in a world that is competitive. We're living, living in a world where, where we have to progress beyond somebody else to get further. It, it's that kind of world that we're living, education system and every, everything is like that, A to Z. The whole thing is like that. You know, and, and if we don't look out for ourselves, where will we, how can we progress in this world? You know, practically speaking in our day-to-day -day existence, there are so many kinds of these competitive types of decisions. The world is competitive. The whole economy is competitive. The capitalist system is competitive. Every system is competitive for that matter. You know, and, and, and the question might be that, yeah, we, are, we have been brought up in such a system. We have made decisions through that. We've been conditioned through that. Is it possible to perhaps evolve out of that you know because it's it's the world is as it is it's, it's countries are warring with each other and students are competing with each other and and swimmers are competing with each other. there's competition a to z a to z from top to bottom from 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 a, from the point of preschool all the way to uh, the end of one's life there is a competition going on there's always grabbing of something or another from someone there's all of them and then that's how human progress has also occurred the motivation to uh, beat somebody else, that, that makes human progress further. That's scientific technologies and all these ideas. I mean, for, for example, like the NIMH gives grants on so many topics in science. Those are all competitive grants. So they give the grants to the best research proposals. It's, it's competition, but there's a benefit to that also because that pr produces better research. You know, so, so competition may not be necessarily the, always a negative thing, but there, but there is also some part of it that is actually detrimental to all of humanity. And then there's maybe another part of it that is very, very beneficial. And then, so, so I'm just giving that as a background because we have to make our day-to-day -day decisions in this, in this mixed world as it is. Okay, okay. Add, can I add something? Yes, but before yes, you- some example of- uh, uh, but this is and that we may not even recognize that we are making on a on, on a, a kind of a open mind because see we 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 have this uh, insurance system right health insurance system for example right where you know everybody pitches in <clears throat> the premiums right so that we can give help to those who are in need of it. Now, if you decide that I'm not going to pay this because I, if I'm not sick, then why should I pay these and that? All of those are only from your point of view. It won't work. But there is this you, the intelligence that we call God is working even when we don't know these things. Why there's so many systems in a particularly in a democratic country. There are so many systems that says that we are all working from this greater intelligence to have this kind of system. There may be some abuse here and there. I'm not talking about that. But when we let this uh, the universal intelligence called God to work through us, then that God will take care of everybody, and not just for Pratap only. Whoever is uh, affected by Pratap's decision or somebody else who is dis uh, affected Pratap is affected by somebody else's disease. All those things will be totally resolved in the way that it is good for 
all of us in relationship. So that's a very important thing because we are living in the relationship. So it cannot be only for me. I have to compromise sometime for the others. Yes, yes, yes. It's, yes, it, it's, that's right. I mean, you know, we're living in this mixed world and we are together. We're always together. Um, you know, another way to think about all of this is, is to see, hold on one second here, let me admit someone here. Yeah, uh, is, is to see the impact in our inner space on the decisions we are making. So when I make a decision, give us, give some, let some time go by, what is the impact on the body, the mind, the internal world? You know, so as an example, if I say, if I say one sentence, speak one sentence harshly to somebody, and then immediately after speaking it, I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm, I feel I shouldn't have said it. I'm even apologize or whatever, but the impact of that stays with me. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just a very small example. I mean, there are more complex, obviously, scenarios in life. So, so there is an impact of each action taken by us within us. And the awareness of that impact I believe would bring about greater connection with that higher power, higher awareness. Because when we become aware of the impact, oh, this impact is here, I can see that that decision came from maybe some ego, maybe some limitation. I can see it myself. And, and, and there's nobody who can see Sachin's limitations better than Sachin. You know, so having said that, Practically, yes, we have to navigate through this ocean of this material world as it is. We have like a ship that is, has to you know, cross the ocean without drowning in the ocean. We have to cross this ocean of the material world until this body goes away. But the question is how not to drown in the ocean of the material world. And this is the decision-making process. You know, the, the, the number of suicides that are there, the homicides that are there, the people sitting in prisons, the violence, the wars, the weapons, this is all drowning in the material world. Material world is not the problem. We are, we are drowning ourselves within that. You know, so, so the question is, can we remain afloat? The decisions can, that to take to remain afloat and cross until the end of the body. That's the bigger picture. Because the end of the body is going to happen. And things will begin to break down, even our thinking and our mental process and everything will begin to degrade but maybe there is something that doesn't degrade. Is the evolved consciousness doesn't degrade. That's the mystery. So that's the bigger context, you know. So in our, we have our day-to-day -day decisions. But I wonder, and I'm asking myself this, you know, more than anything else is, is any decision I make, any action I take, what is the impact on the body, on, on me, on my family, on my friends, on my, what is the impact overall? But first of all, you have to think of yourself, right? Yes, you, have to, you, have, to, you have to protect yourself. I mean, there's no question about that. If and you everything, everything else would be secondary? 
Well, I mean, it's like this, you know, if your house is on fire, you better put out that fire first before you put out somebody else's fire. <laughs> it's something like that, right? You know, I mean, yeah, I, I think as we have talked about the functionality of uh, uh, these ideas in our day-to-day -day transactional life, and I think you are familiar with, with this expression, transactional life, the functional life, we, we have to take steps to protect ourselves, to protect our money, protect our finances, protect our house, protect our family, protect our property. We have to do that. You know, that's a, because that is the way the world is right now. You know, we're not living in some kind of a commune. Uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not that kind of a system. We're living in a system that is, you know, it's, it, it's a, uh, it, uh, it has to do with property. It has to do with position and different boundaries and different land, I mean, different territories and whatnot. That's, that's, that's how we are living. If you were all living in some different kind of system, it's a different situation altogether. So I think that I um yeah I, I think that the, the decisions, um any major decision, like the day-to-day -day decisions are I think that for me I really don't think about it. Um I think about them, but like is it coffee, is it tea, whatever I feel like, I think that's not substantial as a major decision. And um, forever, I have always had this thing where I need to think about it. I need time and I need to, pray. I, I always say, well, you know, let me pray on it. Let me, you know, decide to see where I'm at as far as um, um, prayers. However, I always, for me, I always looked at the impact of the other person. So there's, so I like what you're saying session as far as, and everyone else, as far as the decision has to, you have to put out the fire in your own house before you can do any, anything else. Because for me, it's always been, well, how is this going to affect this person? How's it going to affect their life? How's it going to affect the way things are? And therefore I have never, like, I mean, I have, I think in, in a little bit, but I think that's really important and um, to see what the impact is on yourself as well. And, and this, this I am learning um, and I do, and, uh, and I think that that prayer comes with it. And also like what was said about the, um, the, the peacefulness of it and the positivity, trying to get it to that positive stage and that pathway. So, um, so that's what I was thinking about right now when we were talking about all this. Thank you. Are we, are we overthinking sometimes when we extend to how everybody else is gonna feel or react with our decision? Because I guess I probably do the same thing, Lori. You know, I'm always thinking about the other person also. And maybe that's overthinking. Well, I, I, I feel like it could be, and I'm certainly learning and having eye openers recently with um, maybe it is and maybe, you know, and maybe, although even though I say, well, I have to pray on it or I have to think about it, it it's just, it just maybe it is. So for me. Well, if you're going to pray on it, though, you know, that gives you a little time to think something through. But I guess we have to draw the line. How yeah, much boundaries. 
thinking about the conditioning that Pratah is think, you know, speaking of. Yeah. I guess yeah. that conditioning, you know, does play a part on how we think and feel and make decisions. And I, I think I'd have to say the opposite of what Irene said. Her mother couldn't make a decision, and so Irene is better. I think my parents made decisions, and I'm worse about it. <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, the individual's welfare depends on the collective welfare of the society and the nation. For example, if I have a corporate job, for example, I say, oh, I have to look at my salary, my this, my this. But just think about it. When I go to work, I'm sitting in the car that is made by so many people in Detroit that put the car together for me to go, right? Then I drive. Well, I pay proper taxes so that they can build the road and all those things to make a, my car go to the office. And then when I go to the office, there is a big office and there is a big everything. Everything is supplied. Then only I can work. So if I look at only these things and not look at the total picture that human, each human being has some capacity, but it's still limited. And for that limitations to work properly, we have to leave as a collective, as a society, in the, starting with the family, then the society, then the nations. That's how we should look. And then you will say that, oh, my decisions are uh, done through this uh, arrangement, which is, has intelligence in it already. And that works for us. We still think that, oh, I am doing my job and I'm earning the money and I'm raising this and that. But that's not true. Nothing is true. How can I do anything if there are no roads to drive, but no cars to drive? Mm -hmm. I can pay my share, but that's it. That's a limitation I have. So I have to pay the share by, by earning the money, but I have to depend on so many things. The CEO of a corporation cannot say, I'm going to lay off all of you guys. I will do the job alone. Can you do that? He has to have so many people that will assemble the cars. So it is so we are all connected and the welfare of the individual is really the welfare of the society. So fair taxes, fair insurance, all those things are just, uh, even if we don't know, it's all this intelligence that is working through the human. And so many examples of that. You know, that's that's very very interesting and it's very powerful I mean as I was hearing that it, it, it really and thank you for for, for sharing that uh, I mean that, uh, I would like to add one point to that please, one. please please in the in the concept of the same point whenever we stuck in any decision making think broad beyond yourself hope then wherever you stuck, it looks like a small point only, small problem. When you make it as a big one, then you will know what decision to take also. It helps us for us. And yeah. further, we don't think it as a problem also, if you think broad. Yes, thank you for sharing the very beautiful. Thank you. 
Very nice, very nice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's interesting that both of them said that. I was just looking something up actually. There's, there's something called the multiple perspectives approach. And what that simply means is that to sweep in all possible perspectives on a problem or a situation, it, it, to see it from every possible angle. And then that broadens one's vision as Padma was saying, as Pratap is saying, look at the different interconnections, see how it impacts everyone overall. Boy, I tell you, there that is that is incredible because it, that would bring about such wisdom about what to do. You know, if uh, if I'm thinking that what I'm doing in my life, every decision I make, is impacting, is having a chain reaction in humanity. If I if I'm if I have that, or when I have that kind of awareness, it has a chain reaction effect. Wow, I mean that that kind of responsibility is is immense, you know. And and, and it's true, right? I mean, if we meet somebody, a stranger, whatever, we introduce ourselves in some context, we say a few kind words to that person, have a good conversation, they feel good about it, then they have an impact on five other people. They interact with others. It's like one person is interacting with the whole of humanity. It's all, it's, it's like all interconnected phenomena. So when it comes to things like self-mastery, personal transformation, every decision that is made, if we keep the, the broader perspective, as Pratap and Padma are both saying, and, and others have stated, wow, I mean, that's, that is truly amazing. And Padma said something so beautiful. She said that when you start out with, will seem so small to work by the time you actually make that decision because you're thinking at, at a different level completely. Amazing. Amazing. Isn't it amazing to see in the morning when I wake up, <clears throat> particularly in the days of the snow, these, this, the town people come and clean my roads so that I can drive the car. The garbage people pick up my garbage so that I don't have to go and throw the garbage. The post office people come and deliver the mail. So I don't have to do that. All those things are so much interconnected that we have to, if we understand it, then we will not, we will stop automatically only just looking for our own interest because that our own interest will create the problem just as on the assembly line of the car Everybody does its job of putting something and then hand over to the next, then putting something, hand over to the next, putting something, hand over to the next. If one of them says, ah, I work too hard, so I'm not going to do that. Then who is going to suffer? The cars, right? The ultimate product will not be <laughs> suitable just because one person is not acting in harmony. It's all so much like that, you know? I mean... Yes. Everything is like that. Well, it's good to have that awareness. Right. I like that and I appreciate it, but I don't know if that really helps me with some of my, you know, smaller decisions that I might have to make during the day. I have to think about that one. Yeah. Many a times what happens in practical when we think about if you have to make decisions <laughs> where many people are involved and you 
and final words are by the person you yourself you have to give your decision if you are open minded then you will listen to everybody if you have already given your decision then you will not listen to others because their ego comes in there that you will hold on to your decision so many a times it is better to listen to everybody and then have an open mind so that the ego is not there because you are the head of some group or something like that you know mm -hmm. yeah it, it's like being in a jury you mm -hmm. know um there's maybe 12 jurors but everyone has heard the same information and but everybody's going to have one vote or make a decision to go yay or nay um there was a book that i used when i was working it was called circular leadership and it talked about getting everybody's perspective before any major decisions were made and moving in before moving a project forward and it was more difficult than you think because you would have all these people around the table and you were trying to engage to get them to give input and some people just didn't even want to be there they just wanted to they didn't want to think about it. They just wanted to get done. So um, it ended up that the decision making was always made by two or three people who were more vocal. And then everybody would go along because they wanted to get out of the meeting and they just wanted to leave. Yeah. So um, I think if we could look at decision making, a circular decision making, make, making sure you take everybody, get everybody's input. It's, it's kind of like a family dinner. I say to my daughter, I like to have everybody over for dinner fr Friday or Saturday or Sunday. And then we start negotiating. Well, what time, you know, what are you fixing? You know, so, but you know, the, so the decision isn't just arbitrary. It's just, it's a combined decision as to what's best for everybody. But I, I'm with Debbie, you know, so many times we just have to make decisions ourselves about a situation and sometimes the decisions have to be made like what I call on the fly mm -hmm. uh, in that in that instance I just rely on my intuition and mm -hmm. on what I think is best for that moment and then just hope it, it works and just keep moving because you're Absolutely. not going to know until you do it you know you're not going to know until you make the decision right that's right yes yes that's that's uh, that's very true, very true, very, very interesting. Yes, definitely. It's like an experiment. <laughs> your your relationship also will improve so much with that kind of a frame of the mind. For example, before I used to blame all my male men always come so late, or this and that, and doesn't deliver properly. My uh, this garbage guy, he just spills air all over and throws my recycling bin anywhere on my driveway. All those things. Now, you know, with this kind of a frame of mind, you think about putting yourself in that position. And then you see, you know, he might have so many other problems that he's fighting with. So mm. that kind of thing, you know, will improve your relationship and your language also comes out sweet and you know nice you know and and you also get equal response from them it's all a win-win situation <laughs> just doing your the best of your skill and best of your talent if you act your part properly honestly 
then whole thing will work out for you. So nice. <clears throat> I, I, I've seen it, experienced it also. Sachin, there were the three things you named. Uh, experience, experience, circumstance. And there was a third. I don't remember, but I can I can make something up if you want. So conditions? Was it conditions? I, I have no idea what what, uh, what it was. You know, I was to check <laughs> so but uh, but but since you're asking, I mean if you want some three things, we can just Wait. simply say that that there's something called decisional balance, right? So so decisional balance is what that's what yeah, you were talking about that. Right. So decision and awareness. Balance. Right. Right. So, so at, 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 right. at any given point, we are faced with multiple options. I should do this or do this. Option A, option B, option C, option D. So many possibilities. So there is, it's like a balancing. You know, you're weighing one towards the other. The pros and cons. This goes <laughs> on all the time, uh, and then we're tempted. So there, there is a concept called temptation. Temptation versus decisional balance. And then there's also something called self-efficacy. You can look this up. I, you don't have time to go into it here. You know, but there's temptation, self-efficacy, and decisional balance. If you go Google this, you'll find some interesting uh, information. Temptation is basically, oh, you know, I'm tempted to do something. It may even may, may be something I shouldn't do. Self-efficacy is my ability to actually carry through with my decision. I can say that I have a decision. I'm making a decision to clean my house. But then I make a decision. Am I really, you know, how... How much strength do I have behind that? Or I could be tempted to say, I'm just going to binge watch, you know, five episodes of something on Netflix and leave the cleaning for, for, for two days from now. You know, there you go. Temptation versus self-efficacy. So, so that's part of decisional balance. Um, so I, I don't know if that's what you were, you were looking for, but that came to my mind right now. But uh, yeah, so, and, and we're faced with that all the time. How many of us wake up in the morning thinking, okay, today I'm going to get these seven things done, you know, whatever they are, right? Mm -hmm. Wait until lunchtime comes. After you eat lunch, you say, like, you know what? Those seven things have changed into something. It's some other new seven things, <laughs> you know, some order gone completely. So, so the, the ability to follow through on the decision is another very big quality that requires energy, that requires determination, it requires strength. And it's, if, if it's guided by the higher intelligence, the follow-through will just happen naturally. You know, so, so the, and then that goes back to the question of resistance. Our internal resistance won't be there at that point because, because the decision is the correct decision for the benefit of oneself, one's family, one's relations, one's community. It's for benefit. So then there, there is no question about any resistance then. I mean, for example, if I say that I'm going to vacuum my house today and it's been it's time to vacuum, but then another part of me that's, ah, you know, well, I don't feel like doing it now and I'll do it tomorrow and then putting it off. Now, because I put it off, now that thing is in my mind the whole day. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. It's contaminating my whole day, actually. Something that would have taken 10 minutes to finish. My, there's a contaminant in the joy of my day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's kind of like getting up to a, a light and it turns yellow and you have to make the decision. Am I going to go through it 
<laughs> or am I going to stop and get somebody to rear end me? You know, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. That's a, usually, you know, it's uh, okay. You just go for it and you hope there's not a camera there. <laughs> and see, even in that example, you, you have to keep attention to who's behind you, how close they are, yeah. make a decision, right? Those are, right. those are all those practical decisions for protection, for, uh, uh, for the benefit of others. So, so all those decisions, we have to make them and, and, and see those decisions in our day-to-day -day life become very good, they're good quality. If we are so clear from inside, there's, if we approach, when we approach zero resistance from within, all of those functional decisions become very smooth for us. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think mean, it's a blessing. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. No, 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 no. no go ahead. I'm go ahead. Excited to just say that it's a blessing in disguise that we are all made a limited capacity person, you know, so that our <laughs> individual uh, capacity is limited so that we all can have jobs. <laughs> Otherwise, right. you know. That's right. In everything, yeah, that, 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 that I consider now is a blessing. It is, you know, the thing is, and, and hearing everyone, Irene and Padma and uh, Debbie and yeah. Lauren, every Sridevi, uh, 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 the one thing that resonates with me, and, I, and we're almost out of time here, just a couple of minutes, and that is the greater the vision, the greater the freedom. You know, if, 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 when my vision broadens, seeing the interconnections, the examples Pratap gave, the examples Lori gave, the examples Debbie gave, Irene, everyone has, Padma gave some very, very nice points. When you look at all of that, in my mind, I'm just sharing with you what was going through my mind, what's in my mind right now, to, to evolve my vision further, make it broad, see the reality as is, uh, uh, as opposed to getting stuck in all the limitations. I mean, here, he, I'll give you a very, very, very simple example. If I was, somebody was to ask me, Sachin, where are you right now? I will say I'm in Newark, Delaware. You know, that, that sense that I'm in Newark, Delaware, it's like continuously there in my mind, whether I realize it or not. Functionally, based on tradition, conditioning the society, yes, this is Newark, Delaware. In actuality, there isn't anything like Newark, Delaware. This is a constructed idea. There's no boundaries in this world. We have created them all. You know, the whole humanity has created all the political boundaries, all the racial boundaries, all the, all the divisiveness is completely our doing. Now the question becomes, can I make decisions functionally within the world of those boundaries, but keep myself evolved further above those boundaries? And that's also a decision. I have to make a I can make a decision to see beyond those boundaries, even though I'm functioning within those boundaries. Like my license plate has to be a dollar license. I cannot say that, you know, I'm beyond, I'm in the boundaryless world, throw the license plate away, throw the registration away, throw the IDs away. I'm not going to do that. That's a foolish thing to do. So functionally, we have to maintain that because that's the created world. That's what humanity has created that. We have to navigate through that. But the, but the bigger question decision-wise also, Sachin can make a decision to evolve out of those boundaries because they are artificially constructed, all of them. 
Isn't it so? Like the, like the line between United States and Canada. Is there actually a line there somewhere like that? Where is that line? Somebody show me that line. There's no such line at all. It's in our head. And we see these maps and those maps are in our head, which, are, which is not the reality. There's no, there's no boundary actually there. there. There's a political boundary. And then there's a, you know, but there's no painted line between the United States and Canada. But the system is set up so that there has to be this imaginary yes. boundary, yes. just like yes. there's districts for each legislator for whether exactly. they're a representative or a senator. Uh, and there's a uh, border, you know, lines between states. But, you know, in, in, in the bigger picture, if you were looking on Earth from above, no, there's no boundaries. However, in the systems that we have to live under, yes. there are restrictions, there yes. are boundaries, there are um, construct, con, con, um, constru you know, they constructed it that way in order to whatever for what, you know, just to make make it fit. But so our soul can look beyond the boundary yes. of Newark and Wilmington, North Wilmington, where Debbie and I are. My soul can, but my body, like you said, Sachin, is here. I mean, it's physical and it has to live within these constraints. So Exactly, exactly. exactly. So to that effect, I have uh, moved into outer space at this point. So <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm I, I'm seeing all of you from now. I'm no longer in Newark, Delaware, you know. So I'm in the, <laughs> I I'm like in the, it. I'm in the Hubble Space Telescope, you know, seeing all of you from there. So. I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Folks, we Do you are feel any so, different? All right. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's good to see all of you. Had a fantastic dialogue. The whole thing has been recorded. I'll put it on the podcast channel, uh, so you can re reference it. But have a fantastic week. We are continuing our. Uh, Monday evening meditation tomorrow. Uh, so uh, Chaitna is coming back from India, I think uh, next week sometime. So so she'll be back at, at, at that point. She's doing well. She's very busy. I did I did get a chance to touch base with her two days ago. Everything else is on track. Please remember uh, Dr. Berman's session on Wednesday evening at seven. And then we have our yoga class. It is at 8 a.m. on Saturdays. So please do attend that if you can. You'll really like it. It's really, really, it'll, it'll just uh, give you some really good energy and Fantastic movements. We have a great teacher from India uh, for that. With that, we are signing off from the International Space Station. Okay. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Good night. Bye bye. Good night, everyone. everybody. Have a see you tomorrow. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>